Amen. You may be seated. Hey, would you thank the worship team for leading us today? Guys, that was awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. It's still morning, just barely. And uh, I'm Pastor Brian, one of the teaching pastors here. It's so great to be with you today. And we're in a short series. We're right in the middle of a short series that we're just calling You Are Here. It's kind of a little bit of a vision series, meaning we're helping uh, we're helping us as a church to understand uh, God's place for us in the church. And so today, we're, we're going to dig into a, me- a message, a topic that I honestly can't remember the last time we talked about this publicly on a Sunday morning. So I think we're long overdue because today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Now, some of you are like, I don't know anything about spiritual gifts. Great. You're in the right place. This is the place for you today. I want to just start with a question. Um, How many of you in here have a spiritual gift? Raise your hand if you have a spiritual gift. Just real quick, raise your hand if you have a spiritual gift. Okay, good. You can put your hands down. Now, I want everyone in here to raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. High as you can. Raise two hands. Raise two hands. Everybody raise two hands. That's what it should have looked like when I asked that question. You can put your hands down. Because the truth is, every single one of us has a spiritual gift. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. So we're going to take a look at that today. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going to be today. We're going to be there next week as we continue to talk about spiritual gifts next week as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And really the... uh, If you want to study on your own this week and next week, if you say, you know what, this is going to inspire me to do a little bit of a gift, a spiritual gift Bible study, I encourage you to read uh, 1 Corinthians. Read the whole book of 1 Corinthians because Paul, a lot of what Paul is writing here is to the church to help them to understand spiritual gifts. That's what we want to help you to do as well. Okay, let's start off by defining a spiritual gift. Here's our definition. I love this definition. A spiritual gift is a God-enhanced ability given to believers to serve God and his people. If you're a Christian, you have one. That's why everyone should have been raising two hands. Like, yes, I saw my friend JD back there raise his hand really high when I said, you have a spiritual gift. Like, that guy knows that he has a spiritual gift. That's how everybody should have responded. And hopefully after today's message, after we take a little survey today and we let you wander the wander the ministry fair today. People, you, so many of you in here are going to discover your spiritual gifts. I was told as I walked in today in the second service that we had over 110 people sign, sign up and fill out cards to get serving, which is awesome. And we're praying for the same thing here, that so many of you are like, good, I want to discover my gift. But a spiritual gift is a God-enhanced ability. I like that definition because it's not just a God-given ability. We're going to help you to understand that you probably have some God-given abilities, but a spiritual gift is actually a little bit more than that. It's actually God-enhanced. In other words, I believe that God takes how he already wired you, and he's enhancing that wiring for the benefit of the church. He's wired you a certain way, and he wants to enhance that wiring for the benefit of the church. I mean, you just got to see a bunch of people who have the musical gift. They have musical skills. This is a gift that, that they had because God gave them that musical gift. Raise your hand if you have no musical gift at all. It's okay. Raise your hand if you have, yes, I see those hands. Revival's breaking out this morning. Yeah, so you guys, that's great. Please don't ever come up here <laughs> on a worship team. 
That's great. We're, it's so good that you understand that. You're not ashamed of that. I'm not musically gifted. So you're probably, you're probably, you probably watch these guys and you're like, man, this is awesome. So cool. I love it. I love that these guys have this ability. That's great. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's how some of you sing. Right? I mean, I'm just being honest, right? Thank you. Some of you are like, yes, that's right. That would be a noise. What I make is a noise. He loves it. He loves hearing that noise. He just doesn't want to hear it through a microphone. Okay? <laughs> he wants you to be right there making a joyful noise. But let's let the gifted people up here lead us, the people who can play guitar and drums and sing. And that's awesome. That's, see, that's an example of the spiritual gifts in the church. God has gifted us differently and he, and he wants to enhance the gift he's already given you. He wants to enhance the way he's already wired you for the benefit of the church. That's what spiritual gifts are. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get started on this. Paul writes this. He starts with this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So apparently, reading this, we, we can see that Paul, he's, Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter, 1 Corinthians. He's, this was an actual letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a city in Asia Minor. He's writing this, he's writing this letter to them, and apparently they had written a letter to him first. That was the, part of the occasion for the letter, meaning that they had written him a letter asking some questions, and apparently one of the questions was about spiritual gifts. They said, hey, Paul, we want to know, know more about spiritual gifts. We, they apparently knew a little bit about them. They were already ex exercising spiritual gifts in the church, but they wanted to know more about it, so they wrote a letter to Paul. We don't have that letter. We don't know the letter that they wrote to Paul, but thank the Lord we have the letter that Paul wrote back. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to learn about spiritual gifts today. But I love what Paul says there. He says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I want to make sure that you understand spiritual gifts. So I'm a little bit ashamed that we, we haven't talked about spiritual gifts in a while here at Alpine because this is important for the church. And so it's good that you're here today so that you can learn about your gifts and how to use them for the church. The truth is the church in Corinth was a dysfunctional church. And part of the reason for the dysfunction was that they misused their spiritual gifts. So Paul was writing to them so that he would clear up the misunderstanding that they had because, it, well, you'll see here as we go, it was, it was actually hurting the church and spiritual gifts are supposed to help the church. Here's the first point. God has given you a unique gift. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's given you a unique gift. And no one has every gift, and no gift is universal in the church. We're going to look at the end today. We're going to take a look at a couple of lists of spiritual gifts. But I want to start with this. There's not one Superman Christian in this place. There's not one Superman Christian anywhere in the world in other words, there's not one Superman Christian who has every single spiritual gift that we're about ready to look at. Not one. God didn't gift one person. He didn't put all the gifts on one person so that we would all just kind of sit here and watch that one person do all the work. God has gifted all of us. He's uniquely gifted all of us. And not one person has every single gift. And also, the second part of that is that there's not one gift that everyone should have. As we start taking a look a little later, I'm setting this up because I want you to be really excited to see the gift list. There's a couple places where we see it in Scripture, but I'm not going to tell you yet. I need to give you some information about spiritual gifts before I show you the list. But I want you to know that when we do look at that list, there's not one single gift on that list that God expects every Christian to have. There's not one, that's what universal means. There's not one universal gift. Like, okay, this one gift, everyone should have this one gift. No, that's not how it works. 
That's not how spiritual gifts work. Spiritual gifts are unique. And the other thing about this is God might give the same gift to multiple people, like playing guitar, but these two, we got two, this is a great illustration here. We got two guitarists, two guitars up here. Well, more than that, but two acoustic guitars up here. Well, yeah, let's look at all of them. We've got five guitars up here. Bass, electric, acoustic, a couple of electrics, a couple of acoustics. So you could say that that's the gift of playing guitar, but see, they're, they all have a different part to play, and it all, it's expressed differently in all of them, which is awesome. You think about our teaching. One of the things I love about our church is that we have a teaching team. You get to hear different pastors preach. And I don't know if you know this, but we prep the same message. Like this message that I'm preaching is the same basic outline that every, everyone is hearing at all the campuses. So we have, you know, seven or eight different people preaching this one message today. But if you go listen to our podcast and listen to all the different messages, they're going to sound so different. Same basic outline, same scriptures, we're all same points. But God has gifted us all differently and so it's going to come across different, and that's a good thing. I grew up in a church. I love my home church, but I grew up in a church where we had one pastor, and he preached every single week, and it was boring. And he was a great preacher. He was a great preacher, but like for me, I, I, I kind of need a little bit, I need to hear a different story once in a while. I need to hear a different perspective. And I love that about our church is that different people, young and old, come up here, and you get to hear Totally different perspectives, but we're still using the same gift, but you get to see how unique that gift is. So let's take a look at this from Scripture. Here's what Paul says, back to 1 Corinthians. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. And there are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Another translation doesn't use the word different. You see the word different three times. Another translation uses the word diverse. And one of the things I love about spiritual gifts is it shows God's, God's love for diversity. God loves diversity. Do you know that God is not interested in you being in some cookie cutter mold of someone else? That's not what he's interested in. Long before diversity was cool in culture, diversity was cool in the mind of God. God created spiritual gifts because he loves diversity. On the other hand, sin makes us all look the same. Think about it. Sin, sin kind of has a way of flattening us out. You know, I look at the mountains, and the mountains are just beautiful. They look different like Every day, different times of the day, they look different. I love it. I love the mountains. I grew up in the plains where we, there, was, there wasn't a mountain for miles and miles, thousands of miles. We didn't have a mountain. And you'd look out, it was so boring and flat. And that's what sin does. Sin just kind of flattens everything out. There's no, there's no interest. Sin makes all of us look the same. That's what it does. Spiritual gifts make all of us look different. Sin makes, sin makes people, sin makes communities look gray and colorless. Spiritual gifts in the church make us look colorful and diverse and vibrant. And so that's why it's important for us to understand this. And what Paul's saying is, look, there are all these diverse gifts, and we're getting there. I'll show you the list, I promise, we're getting there. All these diverse gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of all the gifts. And that's why it's not chaos 
That's why diversity isn't chaotic in the church. It's all moving us toward the same thing because it's the same spirit that's giving us those gifts. So it's this incredible diversity, but it's not a diversity that, that creates confusion. And that's what, that's what I love about spiritual gifts, and Paul's talking about that in these passages. Here's the second thing you need to understand. Your gift is given to you to pass on to others. Spiritual gifts are given to build up the church, not to give you a big head. And this is what was happening in the church in Corinth. Some people thought, we'll talk more about this next week, but some people thought that spiritual gifts, there were some spiritual gifts that were desirable, and there are other spiritual gifts that nobody really wanted. It's like dirty jobs. Like there's some jobs that are great, and then some jobs are dirty. And nobody wants the dirty jobs, right? Well, no, but that's not, but that's part of what Paul's saying is, guys, I think you got it wrong in the church in Corinth that you're, you're elevating some spiritual gifts. Like maybe here at our church, you might mistakenly elevate the spiritual gift of teaching. It's a spiritual gift. It's going to make the list. You'll see. It's a spiritual gift, but it's actually not the most important gift. And that's Paul's point. He's like, it's, there's not, you know, your gift isn't, isn't about you. A gift isn't like a, like a badge. Well, look at the gift I have. I can play guitar, you know. Look at the gift I have. I can play drums. Or I, can pre- I get to preach. No, what was, this, is, this is why the church in Corinth was dysfunctional is because they misunderstood the gifts. They thought the gifts were somehow a sign about them. Look at my gift. Look at how good I am. Look at how special I am. When a gift is actually given to build the whole church up, not to build one individual up. That's what Paul says in verse 7. He says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's the point of a spiritual gift. Now think about how different that is from a Christmas gift. A Christmas gift is different than a spiritual gift. A Christmas gift is given for you. I remember when our kids were young, Kenzie would get a gift and then AJ would open up his gift and every once in a while, Kenzie would want her gift or AJ would want Kenzie's gift. Any other parents have that happen with your kids before? Do you know what I'm talking about? And so now we're put, put in this really weird situation as a parent on Christmas morning where normally we would teach our kids to share, but in this particular case, we'd be like, AJ, that's Kenzie's gift. That's not your gift. It's Kenzie's gift. Let Kenzie be selfish. Right? I mean, that's what you would say. It's like, no, yeah. I mean, it seems, what's fair is fair. That's, play with your gift. Kenzie plays with her gift. Don't, don't grab her gift from her, right? Because a Christmas gift is given to the person for the person's sake, selfishly for the person to play with. A spiritual gift is the opposite of that. A spiritual gift is not given for you to play with. A spiritual gift is given for the benefit of everybody, of everybody else. A spiritual gift isn't for you to, to hoard to yourself and say, this is mine, nobody else's, this is for me. No, it's the opposite of that according to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us for the benefit of someone else, to help each other. So if you have the gift of teaching, the gift isn't for you. It's not to elevate you. It's to build everyone else up. If you have the gift of of serving with children, if you love kids, and thank you for those of you who serve. So many people serve in kids' church. We're just so blessed that is, to be, that is for the benefit, obviously, that is the, for the benefit of those other kids. That's for the benefit of those parents. 
Could you imagine if we, didn't ha- if, we, if we didn't have people, men and women and young people, willing to give of their time on a Sunday morning and sit there and teach our kids and watch someone else's kids? If you didn't have that, then someone who, co- who, who wants to come and hear from God had to bring their kids into service? Could you imagine how distracting that would be? <laughs> Can I get an amen? I mean, everybody should be like, yes, amen. Like, the, re- the whole, re- trust me, we thought about this. We're like, hmm, should we do it should we, when, we, when we have our... When we have a church, should we have kids' church as well? It would have been a lot easier not to ask for volunteers, not, for, not to have, have to dedicate space for that and have toys for that. It would have been so much easier to just say, parents, bring your kids into the service and give them a sucker or bring some duct tape or whatever you got to do to keep them <laughs> quiet. What a gift it is that our teachers are back there watching our kids, teaching them God's word, helping them have fun, and so that you can come in here and worship God. What a gift. And that's, the, that's, the, that's such a good, great picture of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are for the benefit of the other person. It's not for your own benefit. Here's the last thing. Joy, if, in case you're interested in joy, joy comes through knowing and using your gift. If you serve where God has gifted you, instead of where you wish he gifted you, you'll be a lot happier. And so will everybody else. Really, so will everybody else. How many of you know the name William Hung? Anyone know the name William Hung? Just a quick show of hands. Some of you might, some of you are like, yep, I think I know. You guys are trying to act all spiritual. In Syracuse, like lots of hands shot up. Like they weren't afraid to admit that they watch American Idol. Because William Hung was a guy like, you know, 10, 15 years ago who got up there. And he's the one who doesn't, who I think who has parents who, are unwilling to tell him the truth about his singing skills or something because he got up there and made a complete fool of himself on national television and now he has a Wikipedia article because of it because he can't sing. He's not a singer. But somehow, maybe in junior high, he was told that he got a ribbon for singing or something. I don't know what happened. But somehow he got the idea that he, he has this gift that he has to share with the world and I mean, again, no offense to William Hung. He probably would be great in so many other things. But he's not a singer. If he came to our church, in fact, if you're here today, William, talk to me afterward. If he came to our church, I would say, you can't be on our worship team. I love you. And Jesus loves you. But you can't be on our worship team because that's not your gift. And see, when we, when, we tr- when we look at other people and say, I want that gift, and then we force ourselves into that, for ourselves, do you see, you see the point here? Do you see what Paul's getting at here? He says, if you look at certain gifts and you say, I want that gift, that's the gift I wanted. But if it's not how you're wired, then you're being selfish to insist that that's how you should fit into the church. So you're making the gift about you now instead of about the whole church. And so if you are one of those people, and so many of you raise your hand when you say, I'm not gifted at that, that's so good. That's, that is emotion, those are a bunch of emotionally healthy people who can raise their hand and say, I am not a singer. That's great. That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. That doesn't mean you don't, don't love Jesus. That has nothing to do with your value in the sight of God at all. It just means you know who you are and who you aren't. And here's the thing, those people can have joy. Because what happens is those people step out in the gifts that they do have and they benefit from it and everybody else benefits from it. And this is what makes the church healthy and growing and full of love. We see this in scripture. You ready for the gift list now? 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. So here are some gifts in case you're, you're waiting there. You're like, okay, I want to know what my spiritual gift is. I'm ready to figure out my spiritual gift. I want you to write down 1 Corinthians 12, and I want you to write down Romans 12. We're going to look at both of those. Those are a couple of examples in Scripture that give us some spiritual gifts. And I want to say this before we look at these. There's not one list in Scripture that is definitive. In fact, if you take all of the lists in Scripture, those lists don't represent every single spiritual gift. There are samples, there are examples of spiritual gifts. I think there's more than what we even see in Scripture. But here's what Paul says to the church in Corinth. He says this, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. How many of you know somebody who has the spiritual gift of giving wise advice? Raise your hand if you just know someone. That's good, look at that. I do too. My wife has the spiritual gift of giving wise advice. I mean that, I'm not being facetious here. I have the spiritual gift of sarcasm, but this is not me exercising it. <laughs> she really does. If many of you know her, she, is, she just is gifted with giving wise advice, and that was part of the reason she went and got a master's in counseling, because it was part of her gift. She was encouraged to grow in that gift, and she has, and so many people have benefited from that. And those of you who raise your hands, you probably raise your hand because you benefited from the wise advice from that person. And that's good. That's a, did you know that that was a spiritual gift? It is. Here's the next one. It says this. To another, the same spirit gives the message of special knowledge. Now, I'm not really exactly sure what that means. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure. We'll, we can dig into that maybe later on in a small group. But, but some people have the gift of special knowledge. In verse 9, it says that the same spirit gives great faith to another. Now, the Bible teaches that we start a relationship with God by faith, by trusting Jesus. So if you're a Christian, you have a measure of faith because you have to have faith to trust in Jesus for your salvation. But apparently this, Paul here is talking about a different thing. He's talking about some people have great faith. I don't completely know what that means. But I think it means someone, when they're faced with a really hard situation, that their reaction is to trust in Jesus even more. These are people, and, and I can think of some people in my life like this, who these are the people that you want to talk to when you're in a major crisis in your life. You're going to want to talk to someone who has great faith. You're not going to want to talk to someone who has little faith. If someone in, in your family has cancer, you're going to want to talk to someone with great faith. You're going to want this person praying for you. You're going to want this person saying, come on, I'm going to pray with you. Let's trust Jesus to heal that's, to me, that's great faith. Not everyone's wired like that, but some of you might be. How many of you know someone who might be wired like that? Raise your hand. That's good. Here's the next one. This is where it gets weird. To someone else, the one spirit gives a gift of healing. That's pretty obvious what the gift is. It's just that I don't really know anybody who has that gift. But apparently in the church in Corinth, there were people who had that gift, the gift of healing. Does anybody in here know somebody who has a gift of healing? Raise your hand. A couple of people do. That's great. Isn't it interesting, though, that not as many hands went up on that one? A lot of people know people with wise advice and great faith, but healing, that's now it's starting to get, I call it weird. Weird just means we're not used to it. It's a little bit more unique. But it's still biblical. It's right there in the Bible. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. Oh, that would be so cool to have the power to perform miracles. Peter had that gift. Peter, Peter, people would come and bring 
a handkerchief to Peter and he would touch the handkerchief and then they would, someone would be healed just by touching the handkerchief. That's a healing slash miracle gift. That would be so cool. And apparently maybe some people in the church in Corinth had that gift. And I think that was part of the dysfunction is they were walking around like they were the most important people in town. Because <laughs> they had a gift that was a little different than wise advice. Because my wife's wise advice gift is just her doing the hard work in the trenches with someone, helping a, a wife think about her marriage. That's not as exciting and as exhilarating as a miracle gift or a healing gift. So can you see what was happening in the church in Corinth is if people have all these different gifts, some gifts get, get to be a little bit more elevated than other gifts, and pretty soon you've got different classes of people walking around because they didn't understand the point to the gifts. And everybody wants the cool gifts. I would love to have the gift of healing. I think our church would be bigger. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Like, hey, just bring all your friends who are sick. I'm going to heal them on Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to just have a little healing service. Everybody's going to be healed. But that, I don't have that gift. How about this next one, the ability to prophesy? The next one seems a little more normal, the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or not. And this last one here, the ability to speak in unknown languages, the ability to speak in tongues. How many of you know somebody who has the gift of speaking in tongues? Raise your hand. More, more hands went up, but less than the miracle or the healing gift. But these are all gifts that are in the church. And what was happening is in the church in Corinth, the reason Paul is writing this letter is because all of these gifts were, were a part of the church in Corinth, but they didn't, really, they didn't really know how to use those gifts in a mature, healthy way. And Paul is trying to get them to use those gifts. They're all, they're all valid and good. Remember what he said earlier? God has given all these gifts it, they all come from the same spirit. It's not like a different, a different God gives the miracle gifts than the one who gives the wise advice gift. It's the same God. And the purpose is to grow and to build up the church. That's why he gives the gifts. Now, Paul, this guy, the author of this letter, in his, book, in his letter to the church in Rome, gave us a different list. And I want to finish with this last list just to show you how different these lists are. Romans 12, he says this. I want to start with verse 6. This is good. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for, gifts for doing certain things well. Right? So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So there's the, prophesy, the gift of prophecy, which we saw in 1 Corinthians. But the rest of these are completely different. And this, I would submit that these are more normal gifts. <laughs> so some of you might be like, I didn't see my gift in the first list. Maybe you'll see it here. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. How many of you know somebody who's gifted at serving? Raise your hand. Yeah. He says, if, you, if you're a teacher, teach well. How many of you know somebody who has a gift of teaching? Raise your hand. Look at, the, look at the hands that are going up. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. How many of you know somebody who's an, an encourager? Raise your hand. He says, if it's giving, give generously. And by the way, this is kind of like the faith thing. It's not like only some people should give. What he's saying is some people have the gift of giving above and beyond the regular amount of giving we all should give. Some people have the gift of giving. I always like to think that these are the people who also have the gift of earning, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> he says, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, do it gladly. Did you know that kindness, showing kindness is a spiritual gift? Some of you might have thought, I had no idea that was a spiritual gift. Showing kindness or, 
or being encouraging or leading or serving. Those are spiritual gifts. Because the spiritual gift is a God-enhanced ability. It's something that you're already wired for. But now God is going to enhance it for the benefit of the whole church. That's what a spiritual gift is. Now we're going to finish our message today by doing something that we've never done before. Okay? So I want to have everybody pull your phones out. Everybody pull your cell phone out. Or if you're a young person, you just call a phone. Pull your phone out. If you're old like me, you call a cell phone. I don't want you to pull your rotary phones out right now. I want you to pull your cell phones out right now. And I want you to text the word GIFTS to 97000, and that will get you a survey that we want everyone to take right now. Now, for you people who don't know what those words mean up there on the screen, let me just explain that. Everybody else can start doing it. But for those of you who are still confused, pretend like you have a friend whose phone number is 97000. Now, I recognize that that doesn't seem like a real phone number because there's not enough numbers in it. But it is. So if you if you type in that as the phone number, and then in the message, in your text app, the message that you put in there is just the word gifts. When you do that, your friend will send you a link to a survey, and you can take that survey. So I want everyone to do that. We're going to play some music right now. As you do that, we'll give you two minutes, and Pastor Jared's going to come up and give you some more instructions.